excuse me, page 353 uh, in the Maimer in Ruach HaMoshel of uh, 1924. I'm sorry, not three, uh, uh, three, yeah, 353. So briefly, what we learned until now is the last, uh, the last paragraph was about the fact that the Torah is a Yerusha, and that level of Torah means that you inherit through Moshe Rabbeinu the, the, the aspect of Torah that gives you the ability to refine all the sparks in the world through setting time for learning. So what we understand from that is that learning Torah is not just, not only accomplishes that you know information, okay, to, but you actually refine the world. In other words, just for a moment, the average person thinks like this. When I'm in the base medrash, when I'm in the shul learning, I'm, I'm learning. But when I'm at business and and I, I'm doing business, so what we learn in the, in, the, in this path, in this last oisah is that actually, when you're learning properly, you actually also receive the benefit of accomplishing what you do, what you're supposed to be doing at business, which is besides doing your business, you're refining the world. Now, does that mean to say I should sit and learn all day and not attend to my business? No, of course not. But one needs to know that that's also an accomplishment. Okay, now 353. Now, this third level of Torah, you remember, we learned earlier, is the idea of a matona, a gift. And he didn't speak much about it, so let's see what he says in this paragraph. <coughs> third level of Torah, it is the idea of a gift. Where does this gift come from? From a very lofty place within HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Isarusa Dilatata Ein Magas Lishom Klau. Isarusa Dilatata are Aramaic words mentioned in, in Zohar, and it, it's the Hebrew is Hisorerut, the Latata of Mata, Mata, the awakening the, of us below, meaning we generate and stimulate the connection. You know, Yehuda, sometimes HaKadosh Baruch Hu throws a machshove into you and says, get up, go here, do this, that's milmailo lemata from above to below. Isarusa de leilo. Isarusa de latata laser is just the opposite. You yourself are involved in something, and you're so nisayed, you're so awakened and aroused and stimulated that you go and do it. So, th so that's called dilatata. It's generated from below to above, from you, from us to heaven. So he says. That this third level of matana, we on earth don't touch that level at all. In other words, we cannot, we cannot generate it. A gift. When you're given a gift, you don't cause the gift. You don't generate the gift. Otherwise, it's not a gift, Baruch, right? It's not a matana. Rak, let's continue inside. When a person is involved in learning Torah and serving Hashem with effort, and 
and you do your utmost to draw down into your life and into the world through effort and diligence, whatever possible, you do as much as you can. Then HaKadosh Baruch Hu draws down to you something that's beyond your ability to, to cause, mitzad atzma from his own perspective. In other words, so, so it's a gift. Your effort doesn't equal getting the gift. You don't deserve this gift because of if you were to just um, uh, look at the effort, the effort would not warrant this gift. But what does the effort do? The effort puts you in, the, in, in a place where you're a nice guy. You're on the right track. HaKadosh Baruch Hu then decides he's on the right track. Okay, I want to give him a gift. So there is, the, to say that you generate the gift, no, you don't generate the, the gift. To say you create the gift, no. But you make it possible that you are in a ballpark where the, where the gift is, in other words, this gift is going to be given to those that find themselves in a certain area, in a certain place, in a certain spiritual place, etc. You have now entered that domain. This madrega, this level, he pchinas matona. This is what we call a gift. To clarify this further, the Rebbe says, Our sages say, on the verse, quote, For the dew of your lights is your dew. Pretty enigmatic uh, posik comes along the Gemara and realizes that it needs commentary, and the Gemara says, Whoever uses the light of Torah, the light of Torah will, will enliven, enliven you. That's one girsa, that's one, one interpretation, one way of reading the Gemara. In the Yalkut, in the, the girsa is, not not tal oires, but the dew of Teda will enliven you. So we see this association between tal, dew, Teda, and Teda, and that it enlivens you. What does it mean? He says, You know that there was a special light that existed in the world the first seven, seven days of creation. As the Torah says, Hashem saw the light, for it is good. Hashem said, it's so good, guys. I'm going to hide it. It's too good for you right now. Hashem hid the light. Boaz, where did he hide this light? I'm looking for the light. <laughs> When is the last time you said to yourself, I'm looking for the light? He says, you're looking for the light? You want to know where the light is? But Teda, look in the Teda. I hid this light of Shivas Yemehap Rashis, of the seven that was existed in the seven days of creation in Teda. Vizel Eir Teda. This is what we mean, the light of Teda. We don't just mean the illumination. When you learn Teda, you understand Pshat in 
Edom, like you asked me about laser last week, which I have what to tell you about. I looked into a Shabbos, but not now. Another time, maybe we'll communicate on the WhatsApp. But anyway, so that's, that's, that's pushing, you know, you want to understand. Excellent. You want to give it to Russia. Excellent. He was talking about, what? Right. Yeah, yeah. That's brought down the Chesidus to it. You just said, the Oye was Nizra, and the Tzadik, Yosef Elyon. Yeah. Anyway, so Oye there's an aspect, a spiritual dimension to the to Teira to that it's a certain energy, a certain Oye. The Tal Teira, what is this idea of the do of Teira? Seems pretty strange. It says, <coughs> I believe in Zayar, it says, it says like this, and it says that it's Tola denotev matika. Translation, it's the dew that drips down from a level called Atik. Atik means old. It refers to Atik Yemen, those old days, those old good days. Well, there is a spiritual level called those old good days, Atik. This level of Tao, right? Baruch, Tao drips every morning. You get up, you see dew on the floor. It comes from somewhere. It drips down. Where does it drip down from? From a level called Atik. The Shoshon, Misholosh, and Shoshonish, the Atik. It comes from the first three heads of Atik, which is Chochmah, Biladas. I don't want to go into this Kabbalistic idea. Let's just leave it. Avol Oyer, Teirem, Hu Oyer, Shibes Ayomid. Nevertheless, the light of Teira is, 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 is something even greater. It's the light of the seven, of seven, of the seven days. It's the light of the seven days. It says, He asks, please, for the first days, take me back to that good old days. Avram Tversky, Dr. Tversky always says in his books, when he when he when he uh, used when he used hip, hypnosis, he says, and someone who was Nebuchad, a Yenemachla patient, he would hypnotize the patient to bring back the childhood memories growing up in Milwaukee, in Chicago, in New York, in the Catskills, and they were the beautiful fields and the sun coming out and the trees and the water, and right, Yomim Rishonim, Kishal no no Yomim Rishonim, Amar Abesayin Ozal, Ozal saying Chagiga. You're asking me for the first days? What do we understand from this, Yehuda? There are days that are, that are, that are your days, ordinary days. Yoni, you with me? It's not applicable to ask about days, those days. In other words, from this Chazal, we understand, from this Pasuk, the way the Chazal, Darsh and the Pasuk, there are days you can ask me about, and there are days you don't want to ask me about. Vahainu. What days can you ask me about? The B'shivas Hayomim Shem Sheva Tachtoin is da'atik, the Shom Shaykh in Yashela. In the lower experience of God's energy, which we call the lower levels of Atik, over there, you can ask for something. He introduces here a very important point. The whole idea of asking of Hashem and expecting an answer 
is only in a certain level of God. There's a place in HaKadosh Baruch Hu that the whole idea of She'ela, you hear me guys? The whole idea of questioning is inappropriate. You know, the Alter Rebbe, there's a famous saying, the Alter Rebbe said, they asked the Alter Rebbe, why did Hashem create the world? So the Alter Rebbe said, Afataiva, as he said in Yiddish, Yiddish Hebrew, Afataiva, regarding a lust, is nitken kasha. There is no question. A guy's infatuated, he's infatuated. Go ask him, hey, you, you jerk, you have a wife and kids, what, what are you doing? I have a lust, right? But there's another way of understanding that, that, that saying. The place of taiva transcends questioning. There is a place where there, it, there's question and answer. And either you give me a good answer and you ask a good question. And I give you a good answer or not. But that's a, that's a lower experience. That's a place where you and I are in the boxing ring. But there's a place where it goes beyond. I ain't getting in the boxing ring with you because I'm so much greater. It's an embarrassment for me to with you. <laughs> in other words, there's a place in HaKadosh Baruch Hu where the whole idea of Sha'ila is, is, um, is an erroneous equation. You can't ask on God. God transcends questions. And that's what the Alter Rebbe said. When Hashem decided to make a world, he had a lust, meaning he had a spiritual lust. He just wanted creation. You asked why? It's, it's not relevant, because the whole idea of notion of why is a condition. It's a made-up condition. Who says God has to answer why? You've boxed Hashem into a question and answer, and hence you have a question and you want an answer. <laughs> you're, you're making God small, and that's why I have to give you an answer. God's just transcendental. Yes, Baruch? I have a question. Um... Uh, uh, the last moment that we learned on Tzkiyas Mason, yes. the Rebbe Reacts also used the same Pasa, if I'm not mistaken. Halecha. Yeah. Is that from the same, is that from the same Makar as, as uh, what you mentioned in the last moment? Halecha refers to Atik, I believe it's the same, but I, I would have to look it up. I can't, I don't, I don't recall now to give you a clear answer. But with Hashem himself, I'll look it up, but I believe so. So let's go further. He says, so he says, so when we talk about She'ela, right? What does the, the Pesach say? Ki no l'yomim So the Rebbe says, where is the She'ela applicable in a level of HaKadosh Baruch Hu where questions and requests are relevant? That's what he means. Over there, effort and work reaches and touches. Whoever uses the light of Teda, the light of Teda enlivens him. And according to the other gears, the dew of Teda enlivens him. When a person exerts himself, he harvests. In Yiddish, we have a word, a geshmaka word from the base medrash, and harvest and learning. Harvest, harvest means he's diligent in learning. When he's miyageyas atzma in Hebrew, he's miyageyas atzma. 
Ad Asher Magil Taira, he finally reaches the level of the light of Taira. Shu'ein Shivas Ayomim, he identifies with the light of the seven days. Hineos Tal Taira Mechayeyu. It's then that the dew of Taira will enliven him. Shinim Shikhlai Gilu Pchidus Tal Taira, he'll get a revelation of Tal Taira. Which is the higher level of Atik. There's the lower level of the of Atik, and he gets the higher level. He quoted the Chazal earlier. The three hours, the first three hours of the day, Kodesh Baruch Hu Yosef Hashem sits, and he learns Torah. Vayisik Torah. So when Yisholosh Yisheinu is the Atik, what a Geshmak Pshat, according to Chassidus. Yehuda, what are those shalosh shaynas? Those shalosh those shalosh shaynas. The first three hours are a reference to the first three heads of Atik, the higher level of God's emanation. Now the question is: Remember, guys, we asked in the beginning of the Mimer, what's the terminology in the Chazal? Yoyisin Yoshev, Hashem is sitting. What does that mean? It's what a metaphor. Now Hashem is standing. I mean, Hashem is sitting. So he says. The Yedua, the Yeshiva, Inyan Ashpola. It's known when you sit, you're lowering yourself. You're in a, in a standing posture. When you sit down, it's a Hashpola. La Hashpil, Mashpil, you're lowering yourself. Just by, as by a person here below on earth. Kishahu Aymed. When he's standing, next page, top of 354. When you're standing, your head is elevated. And when you're sitting, you lower your posture. You lower your position of being upright. You lower it. Now, he says, This is the meaning. That the first three hours of the day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sits and studies Tehidah. This is Hashem lowering His infinity, His Ein Sof, into the Chochmah of Torah, in the wisdom of Torah. So that, so that's what, that's why this is the answer. This is the answer, Boaz, to the question: What's the word Yoshev? He's Yoshev. He's Mashpil or Ein Sof, His infinity into Chochmah of Torah. And with this, it will be understood that there won't be any question from the fact that we have another statement that says, Whoever learns Torah, learns the Torah opposite him at the same time. From this Chazal, what do we see? That the study of Torah is constant. Who taught The B'chol because everywhere in the world, like we're learning now, and I'm learning here, even though most people are asleep, but I'm learning now with you. B'chol ha'ilam, bizman zeh, this person is learning at this time. And this person is learning at another time. And, and, and since what? And since Hashem learns with me, when I learn, that means HaKadosh Baruch Hu is learning constantly, always. 
So how does that drive, how does that idea correspond with saying that the first three hours it's like this, and you know what I'm saying? It's constant. That's his question. The idea is, the Chazal that say, that the Chazal that says that whoever learns, Hashem, Hakadosh Baruch Hu learns right there with him. Hakavona, the intent is sheyoyer loy eira We're not talking about just learning. We're talking about this idea of the oira teira, the light and energy of teira of the shivas yimei that we said earlier. Yeah, the kashalendim teira. Now listen to this line, very important. When you learn Torah, you have to feel, and he says in Yiddish, Darf men der herin. There is, there is, Yehuda, there is herin, listening, hearing, and there is der herin. What's the difference? Der herin means it permeates you. It's not just you hear Yonison and you go on. Oh, I heard Rabbi Dolphin teach this morning, and I go, I go on. But the teaching goes into my bones that throughout the day I'm hearing it over and over and over, and I'm doing things about it. Deadheading, the impact we call, we use the word in Yiddish, deadheading. So the Rebbe says. The, the idea of the that we're talking about impacting you means not only that you have the information, but it's the, you, the heres, it impacts you. That the light of Taita will make an impact in all aspects of your day and of your being and of your environment. The Taita is light. Right? Light impacts everything around it. We learned earlier in the Mimer. The world is a place of darkness. The candle which illuminates the darkness of the world. So let's say right now I could see on the screen the lights over here. If it was dark in your room, and I put on one candle, right? It would illuminate the whole room. In other words, the light makes a difference to everything in the room. So too, the light of Torah is not just an intellectual process. The light of Torah makes a difference in every aspect of your life throughout the day. That's what he means, that not only are you heading, do you hear it, but you're dead heading. It's impacting you. And just as it is regarding comprehending Torah, when you exert effort in learning Torah, you comprehend and you understand it very well. You know, it's not just learning and reading, and but it's understanding. You, you stop and ask yourself, Moshe, where are you? We're talking about the importance of understanding Torah, Moshe, understanding. But you have to, you understand the topic very well from all angles. Take, for example, the Kasher Leib Medov and Halacha. When you learn about a certain Halacha, and this Amoira, this sage, he says so and so. Then comes along another sage, and he says like that. Even if you know the halacha, 
that this one says like this, and that one says like, like that. How do you deal zu? you deal This knowledge, <laughs> I could quote. Rav says this, Shmuel says this, Bishamek this, Beishilel this, the Mishra Bruna this, the Balatanya this, the Shulchan Olacharav. That's not Yediyah. That's that you know facts. It's like statistics, right? You know facts. He says, look what he says. Hare Yediyah zu, Baruch, ain't zu cloud. This is not at all what we call Yediyah knowledge. Why? Kiyim. Not the real idea is you understand the reasoning for each position. Not that you know he said this and he said that. And by the way, most of, much of our knowledge is that way. He said this and he said that. Okay. Is that real idea? No. Really, the idea is, I can explain to you why he says this. I can explain to you his shita. By the way, this is the proper way of learning Gemara. You know? The proper way of learning Gemara and Rashi and Taisvis. You have to understand why Rashi doesn't say like Taisvis and why Taisvis doesn't say like Rashi. You have to understand the Gemara according to Rashi's shot, and you have to understand the Gemara according to Taisvis' shot. The fact that you know that Rashi says A and, and Taisa says B, that's that's not real idea. That's factual. You know the facts on uh, on the ground. But to, um, to why do they say each one in, in the way they say it? And why don't they accept the other one's method and and and, and approach and, and words as the right one? That's part of idea. It's a whole different type of learning. That's called real idea, real knowledge. Let's go further. He needs to know the reasoning and the shita and the particular uh, philosophy and approach of every individual opinion. So just as it is in, in, in an issue of halacha, he needs to the main idea of Torah is that the light of Torah should illuminate every aspect of his life. In other words, like this. This is a very important point, and we have what to work towards. What we're learning now in the morning, let's say, for example, what we're learning now, real knowledge is that you're able to see later in the day, in every aspect, how what you're learning now makes... Makes a difference in what you're going to do later in the day, and 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 that that takes a lot of focus and understanding. How is it to learning about this idea about a matan and teira and everything we're learning over here will be will illuminate what I'm going to do later with my children at homework? How will it make a difference how I act to my wife? How will it make a difference how I walk in the streets of Ramat Bechemish? How will it make a difference how I call someone to say hello? If you can come to that position and you understand that, you really understand it. It's not just you know a fact, but you have the intrinsic knowledge with details, and therefore you're able to show how it applies and helps you in all aspects. That's what he says. And in order for it to be so, that's for the first three hours. That when Hashem sits and learns Torah, we'll continue tomorrow learning the rest. Zaygizun.